amen and amen and amen and amen. So, in that moment when he breathed his last breath, the world changed forever. All of humanity changed from that day forward. And I, and I want to I end my series today talking to you, if I have a subtitle to my, to my message today, it's, it's redemption. And um, every, everywhere that we look and, and in the society that we live in, everybody is about political correctness. Everything being correct and fair in a certain way and and, you know, you, you, you can't have an opinion about one thing or another. And it's, and it's very, um, it, it's, it's, it's complicated. Um, but the moment he breathed his last, and what, what you saw there with the, the, the tearing away, the renting, dividing of the, of, in, in the temple of, of, what was the Holy of Holies in, in that day or that place. And, and when that was divided and when things were separated and when everything that had been to that point was accomplished, it, it, did, it wasn't done away with, it was accomplished. And when, when that happened, there were earthquakes there were people being raised from the dead. You didn't see it in the movie, but the Bible says people were being raised from the dead. And what happened in that moment is what Christianity is truly all about. Your, your faith is tied to that. And you, you listen, I have, I have all kinds of people that, are, that I that I put myself into their life, that most of them not even knowing, people that aren't born again. And I don't, I don't come into people's lives that, that are, say, on my top 10 list. I've shared with you, I've got a top 10. Usually it's about 15 or, or more. I, I, don't, I don't come into their life trying to get them born again. If you're trying to get people born again, you are on a mission that will be defeated. You can't try to get people born again. The Bible says the kindness of God leads men to repentance. The kindness of God. Now, what you need to learn how to do is be kind. And you need to start with your spouse and your children and the people closest to you first. But you will never get people saved. It's the wrong motivation. And most of the time, when you're in people's lives that don't know God, they're not ready for your God. Most of the time, they're not ready for a relationship with your God. What they need is you to love them and accept them right where they're at. No matter what they look like, no matter what their lifestyle is, no matter how many mistakes they ever made in, in days gone by, they need you to love them and accept them. But when the time comes to make a stand for what happened the moment he breathed his last breath, 
When that time comes for you to make that stand, you've got to believe it. Don't bring somebody to me that you've been in their life for five years. If you've been in their life for five years and you've been born again beyond that, you need to believe in what you're doing. You need to believe that the God inside of you is the same God that created them and they need Him. And I promise you, every human being on planet Earth is looking for God. Whether they know it or not, whether they admit it or not, every human being is looking for God. Where is God? Everybody say, in me. If you're born again today, God is in you. So people are looking for you. And what they need is kindness. It's the kindness of God coming out of someone else that leads a man to repentance, to want to repent, to want to live a life for God. Most people, they won't serve God because they think that what you're trying to do is get God to control their life, to get them to do things that they don't want to do. Years ago when I lived in the valley, I was, when I worked, I had my own business and I worked at car dealerships. I had about 15 car dealerships that I did work on the cars. And uh, one of the car dealers, um, the man, the, the uh, general manager of, the, of this dealership, um, he, uh, he went to a concert with me one time. I invited him to a, to a Leon Patilla concert. Anyway, most of you don't know who Leon Patilla is. Anyway, Black Sabbath. Okay. That's, who he was. That's who he was with before. Anyway, so we went to a Leon Patilla concert. Man, he loved it. But he came to me one day. I was out working on cars on his lot, and he said, uh, he said, you know, I'm so afraid of serving God, of doing, living like I see you live. I'm so afraid of it because I'm afraid God won't let me do what I'm doing now, and he's going to send me to China. And he said, I don't want to go to China. I said, listen to me. Here's the deal. God's never going to send you, make you do anything you don't want to do. But when you develop a relationship with God and he becomes real to you, he begins to be able, he has the ability to begin to speak to you and you'll listen and he'll put his desires inside of you and then you'll do what you want to do, but you're going to do what he wants you to do. But until that gets established, huh? You're, you're singing a... Uh, uh, you're, you're singing a song in some other language to people that they cannot get until that becomes real to them. And one day, one day, that guy gave his heart to God. It was years after that. He, he was even years after I, be, I, I began to share that with him. But he gave his heart to God. But you know what? He had to see the kindness of God and the acceptance of God in me, in him, the way he was. And then it drew into him. Then, then, then that kindness drew him to God. The kindness of God, the only way people are going to see the kindness of God is when they see the kindness coming out of you. The kindness of God leads a man to repentance. And that's what Jesus died for and empowered us to accomplish, was to be kind. Say this after me. I am kind. Glory to Jesus. Amen?
The kindness of God leads a man to repentance and to a place where they can embrace their redemption. I, I, I love this definition of redemption. Just a simple definition. Redemption is the action of regaining possession of something through payment of debt. The action of regaining possession of something through the payment of debt. I don't, I, just look at that for a second. The action of regaining possession of something through the payment of debt. Jesus' action, actually, in um, in Hebrews 12 and verse 2 it says, or verse 1 it says, therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to say it again. Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What, what, what was the joy? It was you. See, the definition that I just read you, the action of regaining possession of something. What's the something? It's you. Jesus' actions, actually it started from the Father. The Father's heart for mankind that led to Jesus' actions, that led to Jesus' ultimate sacrifice through submission. Remember he said, Lord, if there be any other way, yet not my will be done, but yours. So the Father's will and Jesus in the garden were different because what he was beginning to see is what he was going to go through, and he was struggling to do it. Why? Because he lived in a flesh and blood body. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. His actions gained possession of you and me through the payment of debt that was against us. You and I are free from any debt. You know what the debt was? The debt on a daily basis is every time that the enemy tells you that because you did this, you can't, you're disqualified and you can't accept something else. Because you've made a mistake here, you'll never be healed in your body. Because you, you, didn't, you haven't done this correctly and, 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 and done enough due diligence in your life, you'll never be financially prosperous in advance. You'll never fulfill the things financially you want to fulfill. It's a lie from the pit of hell. He paid the debt. You and I are free in Jesus' name. Can you say amen today? We are free. The joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. He took all the shame that you and I would feel because of our mistakes, so we don't even have to be shameful feeling. We don't have to even feel shame. But what we have to learn to do is 
to repent and then go don't do it again. And those are the things that the scripture is so full of. He didn't tell us to repent in our own ability. He's given us the power to repent. He didn't tell us to not go and do the same things again in our own ability. He's empowered us to not go do the same things again. We have to learn how to do that and how to accomplish it. And and I tell you, I'm telling you today, the accomplishment for you and I is in the day-to-day development of our intimate relationship with God so that it becomes real, so that I can share something with someone else, that I can be there for other people. God created you and I to be there and have, have the desire to want to help another person. God wants you and I to know how and learn how to be kind all the days of our life. You think about it. Kindness from what you, you, you can be kind to somebody and think that, ah, you know, that I'll never see them again. But that act of kindness could turn their whole life around. You don't know. I mean, I, I just have to say that probably in the world, a lot of people, all they ever see is ugliness. All they ever see is selfishness. All they ever see is people that act a certain way because something didn't go their way. And so all they get is the brunt of all, you know, person after person after person on a day-to-day basis that's that way. But you know what? I don't, I don't, I, it's like I'm not even aware of when people are ugly. I'm not even aware of it. So much of the time when, when people are ugly because I'm so ready to be kind. I didn't say I'd do it perfectly. I'm just ready. God's taught me it's better to be kind than to to respond in ugly. It just is. All of mankind's redemption is weighing on the fact that you and I learn to be kind. Say it again. I am kind. Good. Amen. Romans 5 and verse 18. Therefore, as the one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. We're talking about Adam. Even so, through one man's righteous act, that's Jesus, the free gift came to all men. Everybody say free. The free gift came to you and I. Doesn't cost a thing. He paid the debt. There's no debt. You you have the ability to, to freely receive all that God has done for you. You have that freedom. And that free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. And many are made righteous. And I'm declaring today according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, you and I If we believe this, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are righteous. We are right with Him in Christ Jesus. You're right no matter what you've done because, listen, when I I know, I know, I, I mean, we could all sit here, we could spend the rest of the day and into tomorrow and the next six weeks talking about all the mistakes that we've made if we went one by one. Everybody, one person came up here, they had a microphone, and they talked about every mistake they could ever remember doing in their life. Listen, the Bible says old things are passed away. Everything's brand new. 
You and I are empowered now to live in brand new. Listen, this is what it does. See, some people, some people that I know think that you can't tell people that because then they're going to use it as a license to get away with something. No, no, no. When you tell people you don't have to live in the past, even, even yesterday, even a mistake that you made yesterday, he's already forgiven you. That didn't mean everybody else forgave you, right? That didn't mean your, the people closest to you especially forgave you. I promise you. I promise you they didn't forgive you, but God did. And when you realize that, what it does is it empowers you because it draws you closer to want to know him more, how to operate that way, and then, it, and then you find yourself doing what's right instead of continuing to do the same old stupid thing. I'm tired of same old, same old. How, how about you? No more same old, same old in my life. How about your life? Why? We don't have to. Because we have to create the universe. And what happened the moment he breathed that last breath? Everything changed. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when it changed that moment, it still changed today. And that's our message. You don't have to stay the same. You can be empowered to do what's right every single day. What this one man did that screwed it all up, the, the second man made it all right. I mean, how elementary can that be? That's simple and elementary, but you have to embrace that every day, and it's got to become more real to you every single day. It's not going to work for you because I believe it. I believe it, and I'm sharing it with you today, but it's, it'll work for you when you embrace it and believe it and do something with it. Can you say amen to that? Another verse of scripture that just, just drives this point home, and then I'm going to end my message with something that I'm leaving you that I believe will empower you in an amazing way. Galatians 3 and verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Anybody ever been said, anybody ever, something in, in the form of a curse ever been spoken over you like this? You know what? You're pathetic. You'll never amount to nothing. That's a curse. You know what? I'm so tired of how many times you screw up. You know what? You're just a literal screw up. That's a curse. Something that relates to those kind of things, those are curses. Jesus became what those words were created to try to do in your soul to lead your life. Listen to me. When, peop when people have been spoken over that, Something was spoken over me when I was 14 years old. And I was 14, and somebody said something to me, and I remembered it all my life. I can remember it to this day. But when I got born again, over time, I began to realize that those words were trying to control every decision that I made. Those words wanted to control every decision. And what I was told is that I was a loser and I'd never amount to anything. And it stuck with me. And, and, and so, so everything, everything for a long, even after I was born again for a long period of time as I was renewing my mind, everything was filtered through that loser mentality. But today I'm a winner. Amen? I'm on the winning side because he won. 
And if you've ever been spoken, something ever been spoken over you like that, today is the best day to begin to speak other things over your life that go contrary to that. Amen? And the Bible's full of them. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Literally, I can do anything I need to do with Christ being my strength and my empowerment to accomplish that thing. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. The devil and people controlled by the devil speaking things and those kind of things, all those word curses are shut off and they have no power and authority over my life. You can say that over yourself every single day and the more you say that, the more things begin to change in your life. And they will. Because God's faithful to His Word. Can you say amen? For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Listen to this in the Message Bible, these two verses of Scripture. Just follow along on the screen in the Message Bible. Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scriptures, the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse, and at the same time, dissolved the curse. Man. And now, because of that, the air is cleared. And we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too. Everybody say, that's me. I mean, unless you're a Jew. We are all able to receive God's life, His Spirit, in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. You and I can. But he dissolved. That curse. No more. No more curse. No more curse over our lives. Can you say amen to that? In the name of Jesus. So, today I want to end with what I see in Scripture that happened when Jesus received in the garden, when we read the Scripture earlier, when He received in the garden The understanding, I guess, if you will, that his will and the Father's weren't the same. And when he chose the Father's will, and he chose to do what Father wanted, all of the nature and the person of God consumed him. And that's what consumed the curse. How many have watched the movie, The Passion of the Christ? Most of you. You know, and we cut it out, I didn't show it right then just to get to the main point. But you know, after all that happened, then the, the kind of the, the woman-man person that was the devil in the movie, you remember, that person's just screaming at the top of its lungs, you remember? You know why? Because it was right then they realized 
that what they thought was going to be the victory for them was literally their forever defeat. And at the cross, in that moment, what happened is the dissolving of that curse. All of the nature of God came to what Jesus accomplished that was passed down to you and I. What I I want to read to you is, there's many in the Bible, there's many names of God. But today I want to read to you several names of God and what they mean and how that pertains to you and I and relating and receiving what God has done for us. There's many, many different names, and I'm I'm leaving some of them out just for the sake of time today. But in um, Genesis 17.1, it said Abraham, or Abram was 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him, and he said to him, I am Almighty God. I am Almighty God. I am El Shaddai, the all-encompassing one. That's who I am. And he told Abraham that, and he told Abraham that he was going to make a covenant with him. (laughs) And he was making a covenant with him that was going to last for all generations all the way down to us. But that covenant was empowered through what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. And He made a covenant with you and I. He is the all-encompassing one. He's got it all covered. Every base is covered. There's not anything you face that He's not already been there and accomplished for you and I. Amen? And these are just some of His names that encompass some of the things that you and I need in life. He's Jehovah Jireh. In Genesis 22, and Abraham was offering his son the way that God was in the future going to offer his son, but this had to happen in this covenant connection with God, with Abraham offering his only son. His only son. And Abraham, in Genesis 22, 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. There at the, top of the, at the top of the mountain where there was very little vegetation and there was, there was nothing up there and there shouldn't be a ram. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided for. Jehovah Jireh is your provider in every way. He's already provided for you. And what Jesus accomplished, that providing manifestation for you and I was accomplished when He breathed His last breath. It's accomplished. What's accomplished? I'm already provided for. God wants you to believe that more than you believe in your next breath. That everything in your life is provided for through the blood of, and, and the body of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Another one, like I said, I'm not mentioning all of them. But the, another one is Jehovah Nisi. 
the Lord my banner or my victory. <clears throat> in Exodus, in, um, in, uh, Exodus 17, 15, Moses had victory over the Amalekites, which was the enemy. He had victory over them, <clears throat> and he declared that the Lord is my banner. He is my victory over the enemy. Over anything and everything that you face, that the enemy tries to convince you that it can't happen, that God's not big enough for it to happen, he's already your victory through the blood and the, and, and the, and the cross of Jesus Christ. Already your victory. He is the Lord in Psalm 23.1. He is the Lord your shepherd. He is the Lord your shepherd. The God who leads you and who guides you, who's there for you, you know what has to happen? You have to get less control of your life and allow him to be in more control. That's what happened the day that Jesus breathed his last. The potential for you to be led by God and him to lead you in everything happened that day. See, up until that time, after the fall in the garden with Adam, up until that time, man had to be led by other men, by prophets that spoke the word. But in that moment, he breathed the last breath. Holy Spirit became alive again inside of mankind. And on the day of Pentecost, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And now we were led by the Spirit of God. And now today, he's helping us, and he is my shepherd. Amen? Notice Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want for any good thing. That's the promise of God. That's what the cross accomplished. Another is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. In Exodus 15, after, as Moses is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, right in the middle, I'm just taking this, verse 26, and he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all of His statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And for that to happen, they took the blood of, of the sacrificial lamb and they took that blood and they put marks over the doorpost of their house. And when the spirit of death came, the spirit of death passed over that. And now, through the blood of Jesus and this dispensation of time, he is the Lord, my healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. He has already healed me. Before things come against us in our bodies, He's already healed us. Amen? We can receive that and accept it. And not only can we receive and accept that, but we can receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding about how to live a healthy life. God wants people not just healed, but He wants people healthy. Amen? And He wants us to be whole. And why? Because Jehovah Rapha, the moment Jesus breathed his last breath, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Can you say amen to that? And I'm just going to read one last one. Well, two. Eh, maybe, no, no, just two, two, two more. Jehovah Shalom, which is God our peace. Jesus made this statement before he left the earth. He said, the peace that the world gives, in so many words, he said, the peace that the world gives doesn't produce much. But what I'm giving you is my peace. <laughs> Think about everything that that guy went through on planet Earth in the three years. 
I mean, he, he lived a pretty sheltered life for 30 years. Hmm? His mom and dad, man, I mean, they took care of him. And, 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 and I mean, he, he was a carpenter and he, he was a busy guy, but just lived kind of a sheltered life. And I mean, the last three and a half years of his life were hell on earth. I mean, it was amazing miracles and things happened, but what he went through it, uh, in, in the 12 hours from the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross, in that 12-hour period of time, I mean, all of the, of the ugliness and the sickness and the disease and the poverty and everything that's bad came upon his life and all the shame that goes with it so that you and I could be liberated and free. And you know what brought him through that? Was the peace, knowing that it was the Father's will. It was the peace that saw him through it. And he said, the peace of the world's one thing, but what I give you is my peace. When he breathed his last breath, the peace of God was available to us. And I'm telling you, every day, God wants you accepting and receiving that peace. And the last one, the last one I'm talking about right here is Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord our righteousness. The moment he breathed his last breath, when he breathed the last, we became the righteousness of God in Christ. Man, 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 oh man, oh me, oh my. The moment he breathed that last breath, all of the sins, all of the requirements, all the judgments, Everything that was against mankind was removed the moment that he breathed his last. And in that moment, Jehovah Sitkanu came to Jesus and Jesus gave us the results of Jehovah our righteousness. And we are today the righteousness of God in Christ. We're becoming that righteous one in our soul, but we are that way spiritually because of what Jesus accomplished. And today, you and I are liberated, we are free, we've been set free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. How many free people I have here today, amen? Listen, listen, you're free if He says you're free, not if you feel free, not if everything around you looks free. That's gonna be, when will that ever be? Huh? You're waiting for everything, all your ducks and everything to be lined up and everything in a row. You're going to wait till hell freezes over because it's not going to happen. There's always going to be something, but that doesn't change the fact that you are what he says you are. And we receive it today. We give God glory and praise concerning. Can you say amen?